my area, but um, if you ever do find yourself in my area, there is this amazing little deli. Um, I think we've we've talked about like how holes in the walls are like those places where you have to go. You know, the you don't want too many people to know about them because then it'll get too popular. Um, but uh, this place up here called Marsh Brothers, um, they have some of the most amazing things. Um, they did like an Asian duck wrap. Um, they did a. Um, they have all kinds of sandwiches that are to die for. Um, buffalo chicken, uh, like shredded buffalo chicken and mac and cheese um, inside a deep fried burrito. Um, mm-hmm. And this place is smaller than my kitchen, Wayne. It's, it's amazing the things that these guys put out in Lebanon, New Hampshire. And some of it has like range for food. Like you're not just going in there to get like a, a ham and cheese or a roast beef. Like some of the stuff they do is like, wow. <laughs> Well, then I will have to keep an eye out. I like those little deli-type places. Uh, if you're joining us, obviously this is our soft open. We're going to kick off the video here. I have a guest host. You should recognize him if you've been following the show, and we'll get into that in just a second. But definitely enjoy the highlight reel. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. What's going on, everybody? It is Wayne G here with Infinity Sports, joined by Jesse the Biss. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Long time no see. Uh, thanks for the uh, the call to the bullpen. No problem. Definitely. It's been a long time since just the two of us did a show. Um, I think that uh, even maybe our second show is when we brought Sully in for some football expertise, and then he's, he was with us after that. Absolutely. You know, I'm certainly glad we, you know, we have Sully on the show. Uh, I enjoyed listening to you guys week in and week out. Um, you know, I know he's dealing with something personal right now, but uh, all the love to Sully and uh, hopefully uh, all those longtime Infinity Sports or FBAS uh, podcast fans uh, will uh, remember my face and my voice and uh, continue to give us a listen. I know we've got a fun episode planned. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like Max Kellerman doing the uh, Around the Horn. Now it's Tony Reale. I think he might have done it way back when. Very old school, yeah. Um, obviously, if you are watching us, it is on the Facebook Live or YouTube Live. We appreciate you tuning in. You can also find us in audio format on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and you can find a replay of the show on YouTube. We're live Mondays and Wednesdays on Facebook Live, Twitter, and on YouTube Live. And feel free to reach out to the show at Infinity Sports Podcast on Facebook, at Infinity Sports Podcast on Instagram, and at Sports Infinity 5 on Twitter. You can visit the website, that is www.infinitysportspodcast.com. And while you're there, why don't you check out the store, support the show. We have plenty of merchandise here. Uh, 12 is greater than 9, Sully Collection, uh, you know, regular Infinity Sports. So definitely you know, support the show, buy a shirt, buy a mask, buy a mug, something like that. We're going to come up with some more stuff. I know Jesse had uh, reached out to me uh, via Facebook about the lack of diversity in the collections. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that, 
you know, you and Sully have enough raw moments that if we can take some of those, uh, some of those misquotes or some of those uh, amazing feats um, and uh, put those on a t-shirt, I think those raw moments will actually get our fans more energetic. So um, I think that what you, what you have on right now, Wayne is super snazzy. I can't wait to get myself one of those um, and uh, support the show that way. Um, I know whenever I was wearing anything for the show, people are asking me about it. So uh, clothing and uh, spreading the word is uh, what it's all about right now. Yeah, for sure. And I know, obviously, uh, we talked about, was it Leroy Ellis for MVP or for Heart Trophy? Absolutely. <laughs> that, that needs to be on a T-shirt, man. I mean, come next hockey season, if I don't see that, you know, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to write a letter to all the people in Parliament. So now this is a lesson to anybody who wants to have me come on as a guest. Don't ask me to talk hockey because I thought Leroy Ellis deserved the heart trophy. <laughs> I just bought an eight from Leroy Ellis. <laughs> but, uh, obviously we are on, uh, you see the old background. I had it stashed up here. How fitting because I got Jesse on, but obviously, uh, you know, we are part of the belly up sports network. Uh, we appreciate you guys supporting belly up and we have a big interview coming up Wednesday. If you watched this past Wednesday, you saw we had William Gates on from the movie hoop dreams. Uh, it was a great interview. Uh, he was fantastic. Like most of our guests, he's just been gracious and fantastic. This coming Wednesday, we've got Ronnie fields. He was supposed to be on a little while ago. We had some issue with like a storm or something. And he didn't have a very good signal, but obviously Ronnie Fields is going to be on there. You can see teammates with Kevin Garnett in high school, and by all accounts, scouts will tell you that he was actually a better player than Kevin Garnett in high school. In fact, his graduating class year, I think he was the number two player in the nation behind a guy named Kobe Bryant. Yeah, one of the better dunkers of all time. I don't care what level of basketball you're talking about. You know, great dunkers of all time. And of course, you know, Vince Carter, Dr. J, and Michael Jordan come around, but this guy was throwing it down in high school like nobody had seen before. So uh, I know back when uh, I was on uh, the show regularly, I was amped to get this guy on. Uh, I'm super excited to uh, finally hear him uh, when you and Sully get a chance to interview him. So uh, glad uh, for your persistence, Wayne. You've done an amazing job at getting guests on the, the show. Yeah, I'm super excited about it and excited to talk with them. Obviously, big show today. We're going to recap week nine of the NFL. We're going to talk a little bit about um, greater than. Jesse gets to play the game. It's his favorite segment. He said when he listens, so now he's going to get a chance to play it with us. And uh, like I said, we'll make a pick at the end of the football thing. But first things first, it is time for the news. So the first bit of big news, I think, anyways, the, the biggest news – oh, I'm sorry. Before I get into the news, our news today is brought to you by Invader Coffee. It's actually a 100% organic. It is 100% air roasted. I always say air. It sounds like I'm saying E-A-R, air roasted. It is 100% money-back guarantee if you don't like it. They have all kinds of cool stuff on the website, including clothing with a lot of Grim Reaper stuff on there. They've got creamers that have BCAAs in case you're working out, you want to get buff. And it, like I said, it's 100% guarantee. Veteran-owned, support the troops, uh, and enter the code BELLYUP, all one word. You get 15% off your entire order, whether it's one bag of coffee, one of those little uh, you know packets like the – what was it? The Keurig uses or yep. you know cream or whatever. It's just whatever you're buying, 15% off. If I'm shopping anywhere, I know I don't want to pay 100% if I can pay 85%. Yeah, I'm curious if by Wednesday you'll have uh, – if Sully will have his product in. That way you guys can talk about it because I know he had talked about ordering some. And uh, I know if you say that it's ear roasted one more time, Mike Tyson's going to order some. 
one of the <laughs> one of the uh, excited fans here uh, typing in. We are a comment section, and of course, Triple Shot Sports says, "Wayne, what's up, boys? Uh, finally, time uh, or about time you brought some talent to the show. What's up, Jesse? What's up, CSS. Long time, no time, man. Yeah. So obviously, uh, one of the big fans of uh, our show, and a big supporter. We love TSS Triple Shot Sports. Tune into them uh, any chance you get. They're fantastic and entertaining, and it's one of my favorite shows uh, outside of my own." And as I mentioned, the big sports news obviously is Notre Dame beats Clemson 47 to 40. Now, this is the team that everyone thought could beat the Jets, and they couldn't even beat Notre Dame. Now, by all accounts, it looked like they just got shredded in the rushing game. I don't know if you got to see any of it. Uh, I honestly did not get a chance to view any of this game. Uh, it does look like this is the first uh, or the biggest game that Notre Dame's won uh, since they had Rudy. Um, you know, to be honest, uh, it's been a long time since they've had something to be this excited about. Um, and, uh, you know, I know beating a number one is no easy feat. Uh, beating a Clemson team that is stacked, that stacked is no easy feat. Uh, I mean, we're talking about Sully's number one prospect wasn't even in the game. And Notre Dame only beats them by one score. So I don't really know what the original spread was, but it seemed like a very close game, at least from the box score. I hate to be a box score viewer, but that's what unfortunately what I ended up being for this game. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, uh, Infinity Sports, I'm guessing this must be uh, our boy Sully kind of with the Infinity Sports uh, sign-in. Uh, does this improve Trevor Lawrence's draft stock if that's possible? Uh, well, um, I don't think it necessarily improves or hurts the draft stock. I mean, obviously his backup who played didn't play bad. He threw for 439 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. You know, so, I mean, you can't really – you know, uh, argue with his performance. I think the big thing, like I said, and, and like the graphic showed you, is that, you know, Clemson gave up 205 yards rushing to Notre Dame. And this is a, going into that game, they're only allowing 98 yards per game against teams they played. So it was, uh, you know, they definitely got murdered, you know, up the middle. I know that Notre Dame is always known for having beasts along the offensive line. Uh, so amazing for them to always be able to get. Uh, amazing rushing performances when they do. Um, and again, to beat a number one team is uh, a crazy feat. Um, I know um, anybody out there that's listened to me talk college football knows that I'm an Alabama fan. And so this loss by Clemson pushes my Alabama Crimson side right up to that number one seed. Well, uh, Sully says Clemson was minus five and a half initially. So uh, obviously, uh, you know, they were giving up the points. Obviously, they were the favorites. Uh, now, my question for you, because this was a big debate, obviously, was I posted something a, a week or two ago about people talking about Clemson potentially beating the Jets because the Jets are awful. Yeah. But I had said, what would a realistic spread be for a Jets versus Clemson game? And I had said 30. I'd say, I think the Jets would have to give up 30. I was I would say at least three to four scores. I mean, I'm I'm leaning the four scores, so uh, twenty eight to thirty points is is not far off for the two of us to say that even the the worst NFL team would mop up the best collegiate team. Yeah, I mean, without even question, it would be a, a massacre. Um, and so mainly because, and I tell people this, it's the the trenches. You know, the offensive defensive line. The, the Clemson offensive line maybe has one or two guys who are going to play in the NFL, one who might start, right? And, and I mean, ever. And yet the Jets have five defensive linemen that are starting in the NFL right now. They would just bull rush the entire offensive line. Etienne would have negative yards rushing, and Trevor Lawrence would be sacked 12 times. Yeah, I mean, I know I've seen you have this argument a few times with people online because 
Wayne loves to argue. Um, but uh, I, I know that you're not talking about an all-star collegiate team versus the worst NFL team. You're talking about the Clemson of the Alabamas versus, you know, the Jets right now. And in that scenario, I take the NFL team 10 times out of 10. Yeah, without question. Uh, the other big college game that I, I say big college game, Michigan loses to Indiana 38-21. They fall to one and two, and they're calling for Harbaugh's head because obviously he's already lost to Michigan State. Uh, he has yet to beat Ohio State or Michigan State, you know, since he's been a head coach at Michigan. And so, I mean, they lose to Indiana. I know Indiana is like the tenth ranked team in the country or something like that, the three and zero. But come it's on, weird. It's, a weird, it's a weird year. In a normal year. Indiana is not a team that should be competing against Michigan. Uh, I know Michigan is one of those teams that is, are you know, really living off their glory years from way back when. Um, but still, their recruiting and their um, facilities are way too good to be losing to teams like Indiana in this day and age. Uh, Jim Harbaugh can't win the big ones. He's having a tough time winning the little ones. Um, you know, he should certainly be on the way out. I mean, I don't remember the last time that dude won a really big game. Uh, it's sad to see, you know, what that Michigan program has become. Um, you know, they've had a few really poor coaches here in a while. I mean, Rich Rodriguez, um, you know, there's been a couple here in a row that have not impressed at all. So, yeah, there's really no reason that he should still be employed. Um, there's a few coaches in that state that are puzzling as to why they're still employed. Well, Sully says he should be fired, and, and my question for you is this, because obviously somebody like Pete Carroll, he doesn't succeed in the NFL. He goes to college, he wins a couple of championships, comes back to the NFL, and does okay. Well, here's a situation where Jim Harbaugh succeeded at the NFL level. Like He didn't leave on the way down. He was doing well. He could have gotten a head coaching job somewhere else in the NFL. Goes to college, and now sucks, so that people say, well, he, he'll get a job somewhere. Really? Because anybody who's gone to college and come back to the NFL has succeeded before coming back. He's failed. So is he really going to get a job somewhere? Uh, I think that he does much better at commanding an NFL locker room than he does doing all the ins and outs of a uh, collegiate program and what that requires of him. Um, listen to this crazy one. I heard it on an unnamed show. I'm not going to name it. Um, but Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan. He calls up his old quarterback, Andrew Luck. And he goes over to uh, the Denver Broncos. I don't know if Andrew Luck wants to come back. I don't know if Jim Arbaugh gets a job in the NFL, but that's a fun hypothetical. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know, John, John Elway's always looking for that next great quarterback in Denver. Andrew Luck has taken some time off, and you know he wasn't really that horrible. I mean, people questioned you know him leaving as early as he did. I know people um, are leaving earlier in the game due to injuries, but. Jim Harbaugh calls up, you know, Andrew Luck and uh, goes over to Denver. I mean, we're going to eventually get to the game, but I don't think that Drew Locke is a lock anymore. No, and uh, so Sully says one in seven against Michigan State and Ohio State. Uh, so horrible there. I'm thinking, you know, what team would be desperate enough to bring in Jim Harbaugh after not succeeding at the college level would be the Jets. I mean, that's a team that you know, he's a big name coach. Right, so you bring him into New York, right? Then he can go 0-16 for a couple of years before you get him out of there. But he's not the answer. But he's the kind of big name who I don't think would be afraid of taking that, you know, dumpster fire. Yeah, Adam Gase should meet should be unemployed as well. The other college football game I have here: Rutgers and Ohio State, 49 to 27. Uh, the reason I bring this up, a couple of reasons. One, obviously Alabama didn't play this past weekend; they play uh, next weekend, so I don't have any highlights for them. But obviously, Hopefully. Ohio. 
Hopefully they do. There's been some LSU positives that is putting that game at risk right now. They're supposed to play LSU, and uh, that's, that's a huge rivalry every year. I've actually gone and seen that game in person in Tiger Stadium, and it sounded like there's some positives. They're going to put that game at risk. Well, my guy is an Ohio State guy, is uh, Justin Fields, and, and I had this debate with Sully last year was that you know I'm a big Justin Fields guy. He has a great game against Rutgers. He throws uh, four touchdowns, no interceptions, over 300 yards passing. I think he only had – four or five incomplete passes to me this is a guy and we talked about it before the season that because of COVID-19 if Trevor Lawrence misses some games this could be a guy who potentially could leapfrog him as the number one overall pick I think it's going to depend on how they both do at the combine it seems far-fetched but I think if there's anybody that could jump over Lawrence it would be Fields yeah I think those two are I wouldn't say neck and neck but they're certainly the cream of the crop when it comes to this upcoming year's drafts um you know, potential. Um, I honestly don't think that I need to see Fields or Lawrence play another collegiate snap. Um, I don't think that their competition is going to impress me. I don't think them putting being at risk of injury is going to be good at all for their potential for earnings in the NFL. Uh, get out, start, uh, you know, practicing and training with uh, NFL folks and uh, get ready for the draft. Uh, if I were either one of them, especially Lawrence now where he's missed two games, no reason to take another snap for Clemson. Uh, you know, they'll be able to keep the train moving and he can kind of go off and uh, set sail uh, doing whatever he's going to do in the NFL. And hopefully it's not in New York. Well, I was going to say, if anything, he might want Fields to leapfrog him and get the number one pick. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to be um, a Jets quarterback. Um, but I mean, you know, if you end up succeeding there, that's a huge market. Um, and it's been a very long time since the Jets have had a very successful quarterback. I mean, we're talking the 70s with uh, Joe Namath, I believe. So, um, you know, Ohio State is going to continue to pound um, the rest of the Big Ten. Uh, I share the sentiment with Sully that I really don't think that, you know, the number one team in the Big Ten should really be able to compete as a top four team in the playoff um, because of their late start. Um, Have yourself your own interconference tournament if you want. Um, but your late start should keep you um, out of the running for any of the big league uh, playoffs that they're going to end up doing in uh, college football. Well, it is that time of the show. I don't have any catchy theme music yet, but it is time to play Greater Than. Uh, for those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, the idea is almost kind of like Would You Rather, but it's basically we're going to throw two items out there. It could be a place, could be a food, could be a piece of machinery, could be a person, sports, movies, music, song, whatever you want. But we're going to throw two things out there, and you have to determine which is greater than. Now, Jesse said this is one of your favorite segments, if not your favorite segment. So why don't you, as the guest, lead us off with uh, your greater than? Oh, I appreciate the red carpet, Wayne. Uh, My first one is going to be in honor of Sully. Um, And uh, I felt like uh, one of your top three sports, at least. So I was trying to uh, give you a, a decent start here. And it's Diego Maradona is greater than Lionel Messi. I mean, I would probably take Messi as the greater than. Um, but and nothing against Maradona. I think that, and especially since I've won, that's always put out the, you know, Wilt Chamberlain's the greatest basketball player of all time. But really, eras do play into it. And when you look at how fit the athletes are now, Lionel Messi is essentially a decathlete in Maradona's age. You know, so I mean, he's so much more fit. He's a little bit faster. He handles the ball as good as anybody. He scores ridiculously. And I don't know how because he's not a big guy. Like guys like 
you know, Ronaldo was like 6'2", big muscular guy. Cristiano Ronaldo's like 6'2", you know, a big guy. And here's Messi at 5'6", or 5'7", and he's just killing guys. But you look at his goals, goals per game. I mean, he is possibly the best player of all time. I still, you know, Ronaldo from Brazil is my favorite, you know, all time. But uh, Messi, I would take over Maradona for sure. I knew Brazil's Ronaldo was going to find some way to get a Messi. <laughs> um, I, I should have just uh, put Messi or Ronaldo just for the S's and G's. Um, you know, Maradona, I don't know if you know, is actually going through uh, some serious health scares right now. Um, he lived a pretty crazy lifestyle. Um, it looked like uh, he was playing in a beer league at some points, but um, I love to see this guy in his prime. I think he was an amazing player. Uh, him in his peak, doing some of the things he did um, – for his country, I think was amazing. Um, so I, I wanted to throw a soccer one in there. Um, I don't know if I believe in my heart of hearts that Maradona is better, but I wanted to give one that I felt was worth merit. And I think both those players are top, probably, you know, five to seven players of all time. Now, uh, we have Messi is greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than Maradona, <laughs> according to <laughs> <laughs> Sully. <laughs> um, yeah, so my first greater than, uh, and this one goes for my sport, basketball, and, and I had seen this one proposed out there on several different groups that I'm in, and I thought, man, that's a tough one. So it's coming at you to get your take. Clay Thompson, Ray Allen. I'm going to take Clay Thompson. I know we've had a previous Clay Thompson argument, and that one was. Uh, uh, was it Clay Thompson versus AI? Um, it, you know, honestly, in this one, um, I think they're both great scorers. I think that Clay Thompson is the better scorer. Um, I think that he is uh, a much better defender as well. Um, so I would take Clay Thompson. I love his height. I love his, um, honestly, his all around play better than Ray Allen. Um, that's no big knock on Ray Allen. I mean, even though I was never a huge fan of him playing. I know that he had amazing skill from the three-point line, um, and he was able to get some hardware along the way in his career. But personally, uh, give me Clay Thompson. Well, I think a lot of younger people forget how good Ray Allen was in terms of his Milwaukee Bucks days uh, or even his Seattle Supersonics days because he used to slash and dunk on people like Dwayne Wade. Like He was that kind of player, plus he had the outside shot. Um, so his offensive game was maybe more diverse than Clay Thompson, but I'm going to agree with you because I think Clay Thompson is the best catch-and-shoot player in the history of the league, even over Ray Allen. His catch-and-shoot ability is ridiculously stupid. And he's also six foot seven. He's muscular. So he's a guy who can play in the post if you have to. He can get to the rim, but everything's jump shots with him. And he is a better defender. That length allows him to guard not only the two but the three position, whereas Ray Allen at 6'5", a little bit shorter, uh, not quite the same reach, uh, you know, uh, Sully chimes in. He says, "Clay Thompson, baby, that defense." And so that's kind of where I'm at too. I think that it's a close call to me because yeah. Ray Allen is such a good, versatile scorer, but it is really the defense that just barely sets him apart. Yeah, I mean that, that's a good honestly. I'd I'd kind of forgotten, you know, what kind of beast Ray Allen was when he was playing in Milwaukee. Um, so um, good call there. You know, that is a, a razor thin one. Um, I'm not going to go in exact order here on my list because uh, I've, I've got, um, you know, some non-sports ones here. Um, and uh, I want to get your take on this one. Um, movie time, baby. Right. Sandra Bullock is greater than Julia Roberts. Whew. I mean, I guess as, a, as an actress, 
Because we're not just going straight up babe. We're talking acting. Oh, I'm doing. talking about like yeah, they're acting their their resumes and who you enjoy seeing more. Yeah, I, I think much less on their physical appearance. Yeah, I mean they're both very attractive. Yeah, uh, but I would give Sandra Bullock the edge looks wise. Uh, for me, in terms of acting alone. It's got to be Julia Roberts. I, I just think, you know, Aaron Brockovich, um, movies like Conspiracy Theory, um, even in the Oceans movies, Oceans 11, 12, uh, she's just so phenomenal. And Sandra Bullock's great. And Sandra Bullock might even be better at comedy. Yeah, but that, as we all know, I think, I think she has the edge there. And I mean, honestly, in action as well. I mean, thinking speed. Yeah, I get But even she wasn't the action star in Speed. It was Keanu Reeves. So just because she was driving the bus, we're going to call her an action movie. Uh, you know, she didn't really act action-wise. So she's... This congeniality she's a, was, was part action, part comedy, I'd say. Yeah, it's mostly comedy. Uh, <laughs> it's very slapstick. And so for me, uh, you know, when we talk great actors, great actors are dramatic actors. Is fair or unfair, it's just the way it is. And, and Julia Roberts, I think, has can act circles around Sandra Bullock in terms of, um, you know, dramatic acting. Uh, so Sully asked, looks or acting? We just uh, clarified it's acting. And he says, uh, funny that Sandra Bullock was in the Oceans series as well. Well, she was in the remake, but you know, let's not count that as part of the Oceans. <laughs> uh, How about you? You said you have Sandra Bullock as greater? I, I do have Sandra Bullock as greater. You know, I, I think uh, the movie that uh, she did with uh, Ryan Reynolds as well, um, the title is uh, Escaping Me, but the one where she has to marry him for uh, citizenship um and betty white is in that film as well um the proposal yes oh man i thought that she was great in that uh i think that you know the miscongeniality movies because um you know there's multiple um i enjoyed her in those i think that she made me laugh um and made me interested more than julia roberts did no knock on julia roberts um i think she's great in her roles but i think that sandra bullock has been more memorable um and uh, made me laugh um more often than julia roberts did you know what my favorite Sandra Bullock action movie is? What? Demolition Man. That's with uh, Stallone? Stallone and Wesley Snipes, because Stallone is greater than Schwarzenegger. We already covered this. But um, um, Sully says uh, Blindside, which is great dramatic <laughs> acting on her part, for sure. Um, and then, uh, oh, your mom says Julia for me. Uh, see? You know? Oh, my mom took Schwarzenegger, too. Oh, did she? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. can't get them all right. <laughs> Uh, all right, so my my two are actually going to be bad ones. So these are bad things, but you still have to choose the greater of the bad things. And the first one is rolling your ankle. So you know that feeling, not spraining it, but you know when you roll your ankle, you're like, ah, it's that hitting your funny bone. Uh, I mean, which one is worse? So if we're going greater, then I guess which one do you, would you rather? Which one would I rather have happen to me is my funny Roll your ankle or bang your funny bone. I'd rather bang my funny bone because um, even though it's a very weird feeling and my spine feels like it's, um, you know, shaking, um, I'd rather have that happen for a few seconds or a minute um, and then have it be fine after that. Whereas rolling my ankle, that could have um, some severity and it could really take away my mobility takes away my ability to continue to play basketball at that time. Um, my ability to walk, um, to the fridge. So, I mean, there's, I'd, I'd rather bang my funny bone. What about you? 
Well, I would choose probably rolling my ankle. And the reason being is that I sprained my ankle for the very first time when I was my sophomore year of high school. I was going up for a rebound in the game, landed on somebody's foot, and it kind of rolled over, and I heard it pop three times. And I thought I broke it. You know, uh, but I went to the hospital, and ever since then, both my ankles – I played basketball since I was nine years old. Both my ankles I have sprained so many times. True story. Doctor said I can never sprain them again because wow. the ligaments are so stretched out they can never sprain again. So – if I roll my ankle, there's no chance of me spraining it. It'll basically be just banging the ankle bone on the ground, so I'll have a scrape. I'll roll it, and I'll like walk it off for five minutes. I won't feel it the next day. Whereas if I bang my funny bone, that's going to hurt for at least a half hour. Wow. I mean, I guess it depends on who we are. Um, I don't have that same DNA in my ankles, so um, I'd rather just bang my funny bone. All right. Uh, my next one, um, and uh, I don't know how big of an animated show fan you are. Um, I know you're big on movies, but uh, I've got Bob's Burgers is greater than The Simpsons. So I've never seen Bob's Burgers, and so I, I don't know. It looks like the same cartoonist as Sanjay and Craig. It looks like kind of like that kind of uh, cartoon I, I believe, style. I believe so. I mean, I, I recommend you know giving you know maybe the first season a, a watch. You know, they're not long episodes and. Uh, H. John Benjamin is the same gentleman who voices uh, Archer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I had never seen that. And here's one that's probably going to kill you is I've never seen Rick and Morty. Um, that's, so, that's more of a niche thing. I mean, knowing that you've never partaken in the devil's lettuce, I, it, it, it doesn't shock me that you've never watched Rick and Morty. That's more of a, <laughs> a, cult, a, a cult fan you know, show for those folks. But The Simpsons and Bob's Burgers, those are on the Fox channel. So, I mean, you actually can see those on network TV, whereas Rick and Morty, you got to actually have a subscription to a network to see that. All right. Well, let me ask you. So who, so I haven't seen Bob's Burgers. So what if we switched up and said Simpsons or Family Guy? I'd offer that up. All right. I would take Family Guy. Um, I, would, I would as well. I, I think that even though it's like, a, I guess, a clip show, mm -hmm. um, I would take the laughs that I get out of that more so than The Simpsons. I grew up watching The Simpsons with my parents, but... I think that they're um, with how long they've had it running now. There's so much staleness to The Simpsons that um, I, I found myself laughing to Family Guy and even more so Bob's Burgers, even if it's just in the background. What I like about Family Guy is it just pushes the boundaries of what's acceptable, and I like that because I think we need that nowadays in this country to just challenge things and. They don't really have a bias from what I've seen in the episodes. They make fun of Republicans. They make fun of Democrats. If you do or say something funny or stupid, it's going to end up on the show somehow. And uh, I, I think I appreciate that as somebody who likes true satire, not just satire about one side or the other. You know? Yeah, I think South Park is like that, um, where nothing is untouchable. But honestly, I've never been a fan of that show. Um, you know, Rick and Morty um, is very funny. They're very deep um and uh, topical um but um not sure if i'd recommend it to you but uh, i do recommend bob's burgers i'd say give that a shot all right cool um let's see my next one's going to deal with music and I, and I don't know how verse potentially deal with music i'll give you an option how versed do you feel you are in 80s rock uh i would like to say decently uh, i mean i was born in the last year of the 80s but uh, I mean, I, I know 80s rock isn't Led Zeppelin, but I mean, that's my favorite band of all time. So, I mean, I know 
a good amount of rock bands. Okay. So this one is greater than Journey Bon Jovi. I'm going to very much agree with you. Um, I love Journey. I think that um, they get, I won't even say a bad rap, but they get a rap for being like a, a stadium band. Um, but they have so many ballads and so many um, hits that I would take their greatest hits over Bon Jovi's eight days out of the week. Yeah, well, for me, obviously, you've mentioned that you're going to side with me, and I didn't say which side I was on, but I think I've, ne- I've never made it a secret how I feel about Journey and <clears throat> a lot of these shows. And I, I do we, think we did our uh, our uh, Infinity Five of our uh, five favorite artists, and I'm, I'm almost positive Journey made your list. Yeah, I think it was number two. Um, and so for Journey, the reason I love Journey, I think they get a bad rap, not so much as a stadium band, because Bon Jovi's kind of a stadium band too. Uh, just like U2, that whole era was really a lot of stadium bands. Journey sings that they're a ballad band, right? So, you know, Faithfully, Open Arms, Wheel in the Sky, everything's... Wheel in the Sky keeps on... Oh, man. Everything's so slow, you know what I mean? I mean, they have some faster stuff. Obviously, Don't Stop Believing is their big ballad, or their big anthem. But, you know, Bon Jovi, I just feel, is more upbeat, and that's fine, but their songs, to me, lack the depth of the Journey songs. Yeah, I agree. I've never been a big fan of... uh... You know, like John Cougar Mellencamp um, or um, Bon Jovi. Well, two wildly different oh, sounds. I, I just don't like either one of them. Okay. So you probably don't like Bruce Springsteen. I honestly was going to group him in, too. I didn't know how you feel about that, but yeah. Well, because, well, Bruce sounds a lot like John Cougar Mellencamp. So yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of put all three of those. I think they all try and tell stories in, in their songs. Um, but they're uninteresting ones. Like I don't, I don't give a crap about Jack and Diane. <laughs> so, uh, your mom says, "Wow, Bon Jovi for sure." Now, come on, now see that first Schwarzenegger, <laughs> now Bon Jovi. I mean, we're just gonna have to mute you because it's <laughs> it's getting out of hand. She named me after a Rick Springfield song. Let's just let's just put that out there. So, I mean, that was her era. Oh, there you go. Um, all right, I say we're pretty much good with the greater than because we got enough time. I think just to we got all these games to recap, so let's just jump right into uh, some football here. Uh, switch my screen, and now we are talking about first things first: the Green Bay Packers, 49ers, 34 to 17. The Packers improved to six and two. Uh, the 49ers go to four and five. Big story for me in this game is Aaron Rodgers goes 25 of 31, only six incompletes. Uh, Sully loves when I say that. Uh, 305 yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions. Now that brings his total on the season to 24 touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, is uh, Triple Shot Sports still watching? Brandon, I don't know if they are, but I know that they're big Brandon, fans of Green Bay. My man, I, I know you. Uh, you had some pretty um, horrible things to say about Aaron Rodgers uh, when we were doing our preseason picks. You said he was going to have another shitty year, and. Uh, Wayne uh, showing us a lovely clip here of Aaron Rodgers just doing what he does best, and that's picking teams apart. Um, I mean, I know a lot of this is going to end up going on the running back, but, you know, his accuracy, I mean, like you're mentioning, 25-2 to two is is impeccable. Um, and he's had uh, an amazing season so far. Uh, hopefully, you know, they keep on churning. Um, honestly, I think the NFC is um, just as up in the air as the AFC. There's a lot of competitive teams, but I don't know if there's that one team – um, that sticks out and uh, rises to the absolute top. But this was a dominant win for them. It was. And again, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers, just so accurate. So good. I love his quote. We brought it up a couple episodes ago. 
he had a quote. I don't know if he actually said it because you know how sometimes those fake quotes. I know you like to tag me when people show those <laughs> fake quotes so that I can come up with my own fake quote to post. But uh, I saw one and it said, you know, my down years are other quarterbacks' career years. <laughs> they are, though. I mean, relax. I mean, he spelled relax because he knows how good he is. Uh, I mean, Devontae Adams is a freak, too. I mean, I got a chance to watch this game because there was nothing really else going on Thursday. Um, and to see Devontae Adams put on a show, um, some of the guys that he makes look really, really good. Um, you know, Geronimo Allison um, and uh, some of the other guys that I can't even name right now, we were all worried prior to the season, always going to be pissed off because they drafted a quarterback. They should draft a quarterback the first on next year, too. Well, and this is a conversation that came up because uh, Devontae Adams, I think, came out and said that he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. I disagree with him because I think DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the NFL. But where do you stand on uh, Adams? Because I think Adams is top three because I still think Julio is a top three receiver too. I, I would agree. Those are my top three. Um, if I had to rank them, I would go uh, DeAndre one, uh, Devontae two, and then Julio three. Um, I have a uh, big love for Julio Jones being an Alabama fan. Um, I think he's had an amazing career, um, but uh, I'm not sure that um, when you get supplanted by a younger version of you, um, by Calvin Ridley, another Alabama product, um, I don't know if you're still a, a top two guy, but DeAndre Hopkins has proven it in the AFC and the NFC, um, uh, lining up at different parts of the field. Um, I think he's your clear-cut number one receiver. Uh, and then Devontae Adams, um, they're double-teaming him, and it still doesn't matter. Um, he's a freak of nature. So Michael Thomas is not in your top three. He is not. No, I think just because you uh, get a lot of catches doesn't mean um, that you are a great receiver. Um, I thought that Julian Edelman um, was, and then Wes Walker before him um, were constantly towards the tops of the league in receptions. Doesn't mean I thought, I thought that they were the best receiver or most skilled receiver. The next game we have is, whoops, what did I hit? <laughs> the next game I have is the Texans win 27-25 over the Jaguars. So the Jaguars continuing to hold on tight. They might get that number one pick at 1-7. Uh, the Texans, 2-6, uh, and six, have to give up their pick to the Dolphins, which looks like it's going to be a top-five pick. So, uh, you know, the Dolphins, we all thought when they were selling off all their best players for first-round picks and, and trading and trading, everyone's like, oh, the Dolphins are just done. They're ruining their entire franchise. And now it looks like they might actually have two top-10 picks in this upcoming draft. So a uh, pretty smart move by them getting the Texans pick. Uh, uh, the, the Dolphins are actually looking really good, too. I mean, five and – what are they, five and three or six and three now? I mean, they may get into the playoffs uh, for sure and then have uh, the Texans pick to play with. The uh, <laughs> how about them Jags? <laughs> hey, they're, they're pesky, Sully. You know, they're pesky. Um, I, I had predicted them to win uh, all but one of their division games, and that clearly is not going to be the case now. Um, you know, they are uh, putting up a decent fight, um, but uh, certainly not getting it done there. I think that they, uh, the Jags had a good rushing performance. Um, and um, Chark, um, DJ Chark, the receiver in this game, um, another great game. I think he had uh, over 130 receiving yards and a touchdown, uh, seven catches. So uh, a very good performance for him, no matter who's throwing him the ball. Yeah, 146 yards for, for DJ Chark. Uh, James Robinson ran the ball well, 99 yards. 
but just yeah, couldn't close it at the end. And it is looks like it's going to be Fields and Lawrence to the Jets and to the Jaguars is how that's going to play out, unless the Jaguars pull off some sort of miracle. And the sad thing about it is, uh, I know Jake Luton or whatever it was started this game for the Jaguars, but Gardner Minshew when he plays looks like he's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, he, he's not bad. I mean, you know, Fu Manchu, um, you know, he, he's a really good guy. Um, I think that he's not going to be someone who gets you into uh, a division race, let alone a playoff hunt. Um, so, you know, they, sh- they still need to gather parts around uh, that team. But if they're going to be bottom two or three, I certainly wouldn't be shocked if they end up looking at a new signal caller. The next game, this is uh, just a game nobody wanted to watch, but we have the Giants win 23-20 to over the Washington football team. Uh, let's just face it. I mean, the only reason that one of these teams won is because neither of them could lose or they both tried their best to lose. Uh, I mean, the Giants are, are, are three, no, two and seven. The uh, Washington football team is two and six. So it, really, either one of these teams is also in the hunt for a top five pick. It, it's just they're messy. Hunt, Wayne, they're also in the hunt for the playoffs. The Dallas or the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles uh, lead that division with three wins. Um, so all these teams are one game out of a very good playoff spot or one game out out of a very good draft pick. It's amazingly stinky how bad this division is. Well, here's the thing that I think is hilarious, is that the team that wins the division has home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs. So I would love to see a 4-12 and division champ out of the NFC East get home field against a team that's probably 11-5. and <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. You know, a, a team like um, the Eagles ends up, uh, the, the Eagles and Wentz um, hosting the Bears and Foles. <laughs> Uh, a game that's a little bit more entertaining. The Ravens win twenty-four to ten against the Colts. They improved to six and two. The Colts are five and three, so also still doing fairly well. For me, the story on this one, Lamar Jackson. I know Sully's not a big Lamar Jackson fan. He says you know, last year was a fluke. He's looking more and more right every week that goes by. He only had one hundred and seventy yards passing. Uh, he did run the ball thirteen times for fifty-eight yards. You can't run your quarterback 10 plus times a game. You just can't, his career is going to be over in two years. I mean, what happened to the Ravens rushing offensive last year where uh, they were setting up guys like Mark Ingram and uh, other running backs behind them to really perform well. And they just, they just drafted a guy, correct? JK Dobbins. So why, why isn't he getting more touches? Um, It's incredible um, how the Harbaugh's are forgetting to coach successfully. Um, whether it be at Michigan or in Baltimore, um, you know, just because you got to win doesn't mean you're doing right for your team in the long run. Um, I do agree uh, with Sully. I don't think that Lamar Jackson um, is playing anywhere near um, the MVP caliber that he was uh, in the year previous. So um, very, it is a good win um, for them uh, in the fact that the Colts were actually a decent team, um, but they didn't look decent in this game at all. It, it was actually an ugly win. Well, and fresh off of one reception and saying, you know, what's the point in having soldiers if you don't use them? Marquise Brown only gets three catches. Now, why this personally upsets me is because he was the first wide receiver I took in my fantasy draft, and (laughs) he has not been getting the looks thanks to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I don't think a lot of people are going to get many looks um, due to Lamar Jackson. I mean, 170 passing yards um, in, in a game like that isn't great. Um, I'm not sure that the Ravens are even going to 
um, do well at all the remainder of the season. I think um, Sully's been right on with this division, saying that Lamar Jackson's poo, and then with the Steelers. I mean, he was on the Steelers Steelers bandwagon before the season had started, and that team is on fire. Another ugly game, the Vikings and the Lions playing for mediocrity. They both have three wins. They're both three and five. 34 to 20. Kirk Cousins, every time I look at his stat line to see how he did for the week, it's always disappointing. I mean, he might have two touchdowns, no interceptions. In this case, he has three and zero. But he threw for 220 yards. He was 13 of 20. He is the quintessential game manager. And he was going up against the gunslinger, Matt Stafford, who has 211 yards, one touchdown, two picks. I'm starting to feel like Matthew Stafford's days in Detroit are numbered. I think that if you have a chance to get a quarterback, somebody like maybe like Gardner Minshew in the offseason, I think that uh, Matt Stafford might be done in Detroit. Yeah, I think it would make it easier to um, have a fresh start both at the head coach uh, and quarterback positions because there's no way that Patricia should continue to coach in Detroit. Um, So – uh, if you're going to wipe the slate clean at quarterback and head coach, why not? Um, if you have the opportunity and your team's going to continue to suck, um, go ahead and start fresh and see what you can do. Um, they've wasted enough careers there in Detroit. I uh, don't want to skip to the next game without uh, mentioning that uh, Dalvin Cook had over 200 yards and two touchdowns. Beast. Oh, yeah, 20, 22 beast. carries for 206. Yeah, beast. Well, and then we talked about this uh, the last time because Dalvin Cook, I think he's had like three weeks in a row where he's had like 200 yards rushing or something nuts. My question, he has actually has more yards rushing, I think, than Derrick Henry this season. But my question is, who do you like better? Because Dalvin Cook's also a very good receiving back. So who do you like better, Kamara or Dalvin Cook? In their current offenses or just all- – Yeah, like you got to pick one of them to be your running back for the next five years. Uh, I'm going to pick Kamara. Um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, take that back. I'm going to take Cook. I think that he is uh, the better runner um, than Kamara is. Um, I think that Kamara is a slightly better pass receiver than Dalvin Cook, but Dalvin Cook is a much better runner than Kamara is. So I'd, I'd ha- much rather have the guy who's more versatile. Um, I, I agree. Able to give me some uh, some chunk yardage on the ground. And speaking of Derrick Henry, his team uh, wins 24 to 17 against the Chicago Bears, who dropped a three and five. Oh, I'm sorry. Five and four. They're five and four. The Titans are six and two. Uh, Derrick Henry had 21 carries, 68 yards, nothing special. My guy, the second wide receiver I picked in the fantasy draft, AJ Brown. Uh, four receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Now, he's still not doing as well as Calvin Ridley, so poo on Sully for. Yeah. bringing it up <laughs> roll tide baby yeah. gotta go with those alabama players um yeah another good win for tennessee um they are sitting atop that division um that colts loss hurts uh them really bad um and helps tennessee out uh you know i think they're gonna end up with another division win here um as it gets down the road and uh derrick henry's gonna get better as the weather gets colder so be careful defenses well, speaking of the Bears and quarterbacks that might be on the move, do you think BDN is their uh, starter next year? Who? Big Dick Nick. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I don't think him or Mitchell Trubisky are. I think they're going to find a way to bring somebody in. Um, do I think that Nick is their day one starter? Yes. Do I think he's the guy that will get more starts in 2021? 
Um, are the most starts in 2021 for the Chicago Bears? No. Uh, I think it'll be almost like a uh, uh, a Dolphins situation um, where, you know, you let Nick get about four or five starts, and then you let that guy um, who you draft to jump right in. I think uh, quarterbacks that are being drafted are ready sooner. Um, the Chiefs game, 33-31. to 31. This was obviously a barn burner. The Chiefs end up be- going to 8-1, and one, the Panthers to 3-6. and six. Mahomes, 30-45, 372, four touchdowns, zero picks. Teddy Bridgewater, also two touchdowns, zero picks, 310 yards passing. He also ran for a touchdown. And, you know, Sully and I have been having this conversation for weeks now, which is Teddy Bridgewater is on pace to complete 70% of his passes this year. He's on pace to finish in the top 10 in passing yards. He's only got five or six touchdowns on the season. Like, I thought Matt Rule was supposed to be an offensive genius. Why can't he get Teddy Bridgewater to put the ball in in the end zone? Uh, I mean, maybe it's weapons at that point. I mean, didn't have Christian McCaffrey for six weeks. And beyond that, um, you know, I don't love Curtis Samuel as much as some others may. Um, I don't love DJ Moore as some others may. Um, I think that, um, you know, it really starts to show that you don't have a great offensive line or weapons to throw to. Um, You know, when you take out Christian McCaffrey, I think, uh, yeah, his uh, accuracy is going to go up because, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is just going to be able to dink and dunk um, he doesn't trust anybody down the field. I guess he doesn't really have – oh, he's got Robbie Anderson, who's kind of a burner. Oh, yeah, from the Jets. Yeah, touche. Um, before you uh, go on to the next game, Wayne, uh, you were mentioning, uh, you know, yours and uh, many others' MVP favorite uh, in Aaron Rodgers. What was his touchdown to uh, interception ratio again? 24-2. to two. Oof. I'll take 25-1 to one with Patrick Mahomes. Oof. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, so I, I think uh, you were mentioning Russell Wilson had probably just uh, lost his uh, lead in the MVP race. I think Patrick Mahomes, you know, in a tight race, um, is going to end up taking that thing over Aaron Rodgers. But this and is a great for those three. Well, and that's how amazing Patrick Mahomes is. When we talk about the best quarterback in the NFL, there really is no debate. I don't want to hear anyone ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Nobody. I love Russ. I love these guys. Patrick Mahomes, the fact that he can have 25 to one touchdowns and interceptions, and we just go, eh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just who he is. It, it's it's become the norm for him. Uh, he doesn't make many mistakes at all. He's super accurate. Um, he's got so many fun weapons for him to play with. I mean, uh, in this close game, uh, I did notice uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire did not have a great game. Uh, so you, you got to hope that uh, the Chiefs, uh, continue to have faith in their running game as the playoffs come and as the weather gets worse. Um, you're going to need that, especially in the playoffs. But uh, I have no doubts that we're going to see Kansas City right back in the AFC Championship game. Um, Patty looks like a well-oiled machine. Well, I think that what the Chiefs are starting to do is similar to what the Patriots have done for years, which is use that short, short four or five you know, yard pass as your running game. And so you basically now have Edwards Hilaire, who is a receiving back. They got Le'Veon Bell, another great receiving back. You know, And so basically these guys are just going to be running little three, four or five yard patterns out of the backfield instead of carrying the ball. So you might see those guys only get like eight carries for you know 18 yards, but they're going to have four catches for 38 yards. Yeah, it makes that team so dangerous to stop. Because, I mean, didn't even mention Terry Kill. Uh, you didn't mention um, oh, Kelsey. Michael Hardman, Kelsey, uh, Sammy Watkins. Uh, that team is so dangerous on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I think the Panthers were um, as successful as they were in keeping this game close because of time of possession. They really tried to keep the ball away from Patty. 
Now, a quarterback that I've criticized wildly, and I think as much as I love the guy, I've criticized him simply to argue with Sully, I think. And that is uh, Josh Allen, uh, who the Bills win 44-34 to over the Seahawks. This is the game we were talking about with uh, Russell Wilson, uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions, even though he had 390 yards. Josh Allen, 31 of 38, 415 yards, three touchdowns, and he ran for a touchdown. So uh, Josh Allen has been more and more impressive to me the more I watch him play. His accuracy has improved tremendously. He's always had a cannon, uh, despite what Sully says, Vic had a better arm. But he's always had a cannon. And just to see him improve in his accuracy, I think if he – forget 70%. I mean, this was a nuts game. If Josh Allen can complete 65% of his passes, he's going to be an extremely dangerous quarterback going forward. Absolutely. I think that he is the best quarterback in the division right now. Um, and he is very successful. And like Sully has mentioned in every episode, uh, the thing about Josh Allen and is he is improving year after year where some quarterbacks don't do that. They take steps back. They, they stall in year two. Uh, Josh Allen, um, every year that he's been with the Buffalo Bills has taken a step forward and it's been a giant step. Uh, I mean, I've heard you, uh, com- you know, talking about his um, accuracy and I think 31 to 38, um, you know, going against the Seahawks. Um, of course, their defense isn't, you know, what it used to be, you know, six, seven years ago. Um, but uh, I still think him being able to shred them the way that he did uh, in Buffalo uh, or Orchard Park, uh, just amazing for him to do that for those fans. And I think that uh, Buffalo is, uh, they're not being handed that division. Uh, they are taking that division. Very impressive win. Uh, better arm, in your opinion, Josh Allen, Michael Vick. Better arm, I'm going to take Josh Allen. You are the two of you. You have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, better, like, versatile quarterback, better runner, hands down. No, no, no. Michael Vick. Arm strength the, the, only. The Michael I Vick think... experience, but jo- Josh Allen could probably throw a ball to the moon. Uh, I think then Michael Vick could throw it to Mars. So, speaking of Michael Vick, the Falcons get a win. They went and screwed themselves because they only had, uh, you know, two wins. Now they're really pushing themselves outside that number one pick. So, uh, I guess they're not going to draft a quarterback this year. 34-27 to 27 over the Broncos. Uh, both teams have three wins. Matt Ryan, 25 of 35, 284, three touchdowns and interception. He's been having a great year. I mean, I think the big knock on Matt Ryan is they look at his age, but he's been playing really well. The big thing is I think that he's do $40 million next year. So unless he reworks that deal, he could end up moved. But I think that he's been living up to his paycheck every game. I remember in the preseason, I had mentioned uh, Matt Ryan, um, you know, was uh, a former MVP. And then you played, um, you didn't even play. I think you just, you that was five, four, was it four years ago, Jack, or five years ago, Jack? <laughs> Um, and, and he's playing, he's not, you know, 2020 MVP, but yeah, he is having a good year. Uh, I know Julio ended up grabbing one of those touchdowns. Um, you know, Gurley had a decent game. So yeah, an impressive win. You know, this team is certainly playing better under Raheem Morris than they were under, um, what was his face? The, the bald coach there, um, that he did end up getting canned. Um, oh, yeah. Not Dimitrov, he was a GM. Um, Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, they both ended up getting canned. Um, but, yeah, Raheem Morris seems to be doing better in an interim role. Um, you know, do you think uh, Matt Ryan stays? Um, but, uh, 
the guy in Detroit leaves. I think uh, I kind of just always see those two um, having, you know, kind of the same moves of their career. Yeah, I mean, I think you know who would love, love, love Matt Ryan would be uh, Brandon Combs and the Chicago Bears. I think yeah. they would love to get a guy like Matt Ryan over there. Oh. Um, with that defense, I think that he'd be very good. Uh, let's see. Uh, your mom says, uh, Vic was very good. Who knows what he would have been? Well, true. He, he had the greatest arm in NFL history, regardless of how he would have been. <laughs> so I'm not really looking to have that debate over and over. But <clears throat> um, The Chargers lose uh, so much for uh, Justin Herbert having a uh, wonderful game here. He ends up 28-42. Well, 326. Another game over 300 <laughs> yards. I mean, I think he's yeah. had what five or six of those so far. So he's he's actually had uh, a much better season. Uh, when Sully is right, he is right. When he is wrong, he is wrong. Uh, he's uh, b- been on both ends of the spectrum with his predictions, um, as we all en- tend to be. But um, I-, I would say, as of now, um, he'd like to take the the flag that he planted on. Justin Herbert being bad, and he'd like to uh, remove that flag. I feel like you weren't a very big Herbert fan uh, going into the draft either. Something about Oregon quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, I, I wasn't um, planting my flag as deep as Sully, but I didn't love the history of Oregon quarterbacks, and um, I think I just blindly associated um, Oregon's quick-playing mobile quarterback past um, under uh, Chip Kelly to whatever this quarterback would have been. So I didn't do the deep research that Sully did. Um, and I didn't know what type of thrower Herbert was. I mean, for him to be able to throw for over 300 yards in this many NFL games early on in his career is, is wildly impressive. I think if I remember correctly, I said uh, during our you know pre-draft talks, I said Justin Herbert probably going to get drafted by the Chargers and expect him to throw for like 300 yards five or six times in his first few starts. And uh, – I think that's Ver- why I exactly Ver- verbatim. I'll wait Something like that, yeah. I mean, if you're listening, you'd have to go back and listen to the old shows to find it, but it's somewhere back there. Um, the Miami Dolphins beat the Cardinals 34 to 31. How about this game? Uh, your boy Tua improves the two and zero as a starter. Uh, you got to be psyched for watching this guy play because, by all accounts, he looks really good. Uh, yeah, it's like night and day between the team that they look like under Fitzpatrick um, and the team they look like under Tua. Um, you know, this team loves to play for him. I think the fans love to, you know, to cheer for him. And, uh, yeah, he's been accurate as heck. Um, he's been having fun. And for him to get his – his this is what, his second win now? Uh, yeah, 2-0. 2-0, two starts. Yeah, he had a great game. Uh, Stats-wise, it's going to go to Kyler, but win. Tua wants that win. Uh, but, you know, Kyler Murray – had almost 400 total yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, we had 283 yards uh, passing, 106 yards uh, rushing. Uh, the thing with Tua, I think, is uh, – or not Tua, the Dolphins. You alluded to it earlier in the show. They're 5-3. and three. Uh, So I think the Bills are 6-2. and two. I mean, they're, the Dolphins could end up winning this division. Can you imagine if Tua actually leads this team to the AFC East championship as a rookie? even if it's not the crown and they end up getting a wild card spot, I mean, the AFC is still plenty enough up in the air um, where, you know, right now the Dolphins are a game behind the Ravens. Who saw that six weeks ago? Nobody. Um, You know, they have done so much better um, over the last few weeks than I think anybody imagined. Um, You know, you alluded to the, the, 
the transactions they were making prior to this year to set themselves up. And I don't think even Brian Flores imagined them being in this position um, at this point in the season. I mean, we're at week nine. Um, we're almost towards the end of our week, our recap lane. And, uh, you know, we've got only, you know, about seven, eight weeks of uh, regular season football left. So this is right around the, what the halfway point. Yeah, they could win the division. They could make the playoffs and still end up with a top three pick, which is pretty nuts. That's insane. Um, there we go. The Steelers improve their undefeated season to 8 0. They beat the Cowboys. Not much of a challenge here. Uh, Garrett Gilbert was the starter for the Cowboys. So, I mean, what That's are you going to do? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's a country singer. Uh, Bradley Gilbert. Oh, okay. All right. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Zeke, who I just traded for in my fantasy league, uh, had 18 carries for 51 yards, two catches. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, who is my favorite receiver in this year's uh, rookie class. I liked him better than Judy. You probably did not for obvious reasons. But I w- I'm a big CeeDee Lamb fan. I watched him last year with Jalen Hurts, a guy who I was fun to see him stick it to Alabama. And then to see CeeDee Lamb uh, in the games that I watched Hurts play, I said, man, CeeDee Lamb, he, get- he reminded me of a college version of D-Hop. Like, he was going to get anything you threw near him. And when the Cowboys got him, I'm like, man, they already have Gallup. They already have Amari Cooper. Now they're adding CeeDee Lamb. And I knew with Dak Prescott, if he came back and he was throwing for 600 yards a game or whatever it was, I mean, it just looked unstoppable. And then he goes down. I mean, they were looking not so great defensively before he went down. But I think when he went down, their whole season went down. Yeah, I mean, I ended up watching some of this game just because it was so close. And I wanted to see if the Steelers were going to hold on. Um, Big Ben ended up taking a big old hit um, and ended up hobbling uh, right before halftime. Um, and then um, C.D. Lamb, uh, I'm glad you brought him up um, in the, the small portion of the game that I saw. He ended up coughing up a turnover. It was a fumble. Um, he had just caught a ball, turned around, and um, gone for a, a bit of a, a, a prance and uh, ended up fumbling the ball. So that ended up costing them in a close game. Uh, so while the Steelers are 8-0, um, getting this close of a win against the Cowboys team that was starting not their backup quarterback, but their third string quarterback, someone who most people in the league wouldn't have been able to tell you where he went to college or how decent he is. Um, it's crazy that, you know, the Steelers are eight. No, but this was their eighth win. So impressive team, but not a super impressive win here to me. I'm putting you on the hot spot or on the stove here. Uh, Steelers go 16 and no, 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 I, I'd say, uh, you know, put them down for at least one division loss, if not two. Um, I'd say they finish off the season with uh, at least one or two losses. All right. Still not a bad season if they go 14-2. and two. And then the last game that we have before we predict tonight's game uh, is the Saints 38-3 to thumping of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the big story here, not so much Drew Brees throwing for 222 yards, four touchdowns, and zero picks. The big story was Tom Brady throwing for 209, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. He looked awful. It wasn't even like bad. I mean, he looked awful. Five of his seven interceptions this season so far have come against the New Orleans Saints. Um, this is the first time in his NFL career that he has ever been swept by a team. Um, yeah. I, I ended up hearing that stat after the win. Um, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, I ended up planning to uh, go to bed uh, earlier than usual. Um, but the worse that this looked uh, for him, the more that I wanted to watch. Um, and uh, yeah, he, I don't know. Um, this is his kryptonite, I guess. I mean, if I were them, I would certainly hope to not have to face them in the playoffs. Um, I know that a team usually doesn't get beat three times if they end up facing each other in the playoffs, but. 
the fashion that this Saints de- defense has has made Tom Brady look is just crazy. Uh, I mean, again, five of his seven interceptions this season belong to the New Orleans Saints. Well, because the kryptonite to Tom Brady is how you play defense against him. If you play zone defense against Tom Brady, he will shred you all day long. He's seen every zone that's ever existed in the history of football, and he knows who's going to be open in the zone. Why so was if you want to doing that with such a good defense? Well, I was going to say, so what you want to do with Tom Brady is you want to go man-to-man, but you have to have the guys that can play man-to-man for at least three seconds. And you want to blitz. So you want to have five, six guys blitzing all the time while you're in man-to-man. Tom Brady is awful under pressure. I mean, most quarterbacks are. Yep. But if you can pressure him and you can keep his guys from getting open for two to three seconds, Tom Brady's going to have a very long, long day. And the Saints tend to play that kind of defense, that man-to-man blitzing defense. Yeah, I don't remember how many sacks they had, but they were certainly active around him all game. Uh, he had some wild misses and uh, certainly didn't look um, like Tom Terrific uh, in this game. So um, I, this is uh, what the Bucks' third loss now. They are now six and three, if I remember correctly. Yeah, six and three. The Saints are six and two. Yeah, uh, but the Saints do have the uh, division lead based on those right. uh, interdivision wins against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So uh, let's go, Saints. And uh, prediction time. Tonight's game, the 49 I mean, not 49ers, the Patriots and the Jets. The Jets only getting 10. They got 19 against the Chiefs, but they're getting 10 points from the Patriots. The over-under is 42. As a Patriots fan, I'm sure you can feel this as well, I want to say the Patriots are going to cover, but in my heart, I don't think they will. <laughs> I think yeah. they could win, but I don't think they're going to cover the 10. And so I would take the Jets and the 10 points. The 42 is going to be under. Both of these offenses are pathetic. Yeah, um, I've liked the uh, the recent emergence of uh, Damien Harris at running back. I think he has shown us more spark in a few games than Sonny Michelle has in a few seasons. Um, I've lost um, all faith that I ever had in Nikhil Harry. Um, and with no Julian Edelman, um, I'm just I'm not sure what we're going to see out of the offense. Um, so I don't love the 10-point spread. Um, and uh, nor do I love 42 points put up between both these, both these two teams uh, combined. Um, so I'm going to take the uh, the under, um, and uh, I don't think um, the Patriots end up covering the spread either. Well, let me ask you this, because this is something I've brought up on numerous occasions. Obviously, I'm a big Stidham guy. I was hoping he was going to win the starting job going into the season. At this point, you're not going to make the playoffs. It's going to be Miami, and it's going to be Buffalo if those two teams come out of this division. So at this point, wouldn't you start Josh Stidham? Uh, Josh Stidham. Yeah, Josh. Jared Stidham. Bud. Jared, Jesus. Jared Stidham for the rest of the season, because I what think, do you have to lose? I think this is a make or break it year. And it's not just because the playoffs are, are at hand at this point, Wayne. It's because, uh, you know, we're talking about Cam Newton being the competition. Cam Newton has no long-term future in New England. Uh, this was a make it or break it year for him in New England. This was a chance for him to... Uh, garner a, a better contract out in the market, and I don't think he's done that. So, honestly, if the Patriots don't do amazing in this game and Cam doesn't do very well in this game, like he did in those first two weeks, then I would start to shift the offense closer to Jarrett Stidham and see what you have. I mean, give him a shot for the remainder of the season and see what we have in him because, you know, if you don't let him audition, then you'll never know, and it could just be a, a wasted position on that roster. 
Yeah, I definitely say see what you got. Uh, your uh, mom here, Paula Ray Bissnet, says Patriots by three, probably. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'd like to see a real a real nail biter against a winless Jets team. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'd really like to see Stidham get a chance to see what he can do. It, the times that he's been in there, I know that he's thrown some bad passes, but watching him throw the ball, he throws the ball with such a tight spiral and it's so sharp. And he throws while 40 yards like on a rope. It's not like Cam or these older guys that have a lot of arc under it. We saw the highlight with Brady overthrowing uh, Gronk because he has that big arc. Um, yeah. Stidham throws a long ball straight as an air, like right out like 10 feet off the ground all the way there, like a cannon for an arm. So I'd really like to see what he could do with a full week of practice as a number one. I wish that he'd get that opportunity, but I also wish that we had uh, someone reliable out there for him to build that rapport with. I mean, not that uh, an older Julian Edelman would be good for him, um, to build rapport with, but you know, Nikhil Harry hasn't been reliable either. I just wish there was somebody for Jared Siddham to really start building that chemistry with uh, long term. Um, because is it Demary Bird? Um, you know, we're going to start seeing Matthew Slater touchdowns soon here if we aren't uh, <laughs> if we aren't careful. Um, that was the last game we have. Uh, obviously, thank you for joining us here at Infinity Sports. It's been a great time. I love having Jesse on. Uh, Jesse, thanks so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, I'm very excited for Wednesday's show when you guys have Ronnie Fields. Um, but, you know, always love being called out of the bullpen when you guys give me the opportunity. Uh, sitting here in uh, my car studio outside the Newberry Public Library. So uh, big shouts to the Newberry Public Library for giving me all the Wi-Fi tonight. Um, this has been uh, one of my better performances. And uh, knock on some type of woodwind, the attic actually did you good tonight. No spins, no freezes. So maybe that's just Sully's bad juju. Uh, yeah, I, think- I don't want to blame him. I actually think it's because I switched from running the uh, streaming service that we use. Uh, I went from using Firefox to using Chrome, which uh, I guess is a little bit better. So. Okay. Well, I think overall, uh, I had a very fun episode with you, man. It's always great to uh, talk to you and uh, shoot the poo. Uh, I think it was a great week of football games to talk about. And uh, I've got some greater thens that I'm going to keep in the vault. And uh, I'll either shout them out next time I get a chance to be on the show or I'll sneak them in when you and Sully are talking, but very excited again for Wednesday's show. You guys have uh, Chicago Hoops legend Ronnie Fields on. Nice. Well, uh, you're the guest, so why don't you kick it? Uh, are we going to uh, see uh, 50 degrees, 55 degrees outside, Kenny? How warm is it going to be tomorrow? 